Hey guys, it's Bobby Andrews coming at you from RJA Sports Podcast. Today is Thursday, October 18th, and we are going to talk about some important stuff going on in the sports world today. So, um, we're going to talk about some hot topics right now, just some stuff to warm us up a little bit. Um, Big League Chew. Any of you guys gum chewers out there? I know I was when I used to play ball back in the day. Uh, used to chew Big League Chew a lot. Uh, they are officially putting a female on the front of their gum packaging. Uh, before, it used to display a gentleman wearing a baseball uniform, and now it'll display a woman wearing a baseball uniform, which I think is awesome. Uh, it's great to see them, you know, noticing women in the same aspect as men. Um, so I think that's super awesome. And especially, uh, I feel like a lot of, a lot of girls will be pleased, especially, you know, softball players and, and even female baseball players will be very pleased to see that change, uh, going on. So that's super awesome to see. Um, and then next we're going to talk about a little bit later, we'll get into some more details, but, um, some hot basketball players that were on the uh, trade market or free agency market this year. We're gonna we're gonna get a little deeper about Kawhi Leonard, Demar Derozan, and Carmelo Anthony, and in my opinion, what they will be doing for their teams uh, this upcoming season and how they'll you know affect their their overall team. Uh, and today. We have Thursday Night Football going on tonight. Uh, we'll get in a little more depth into that later as well. It's going to be Broncos versus Cardinals. And then the topic that I am very interested in talking about, actually two of the topics, um, is Manny Machado a dirty player? And the very controversial Mookie Betts fan interference call in uh, last night's Red Sox versus Astros game. So I can't wait to uh, get into that mess right there. Anyways, we'll transition into some basketball right now. So we'll get a little more in-depth into uh, the Kawhi, DeRozan, and Mel conversation here in a minute. Uh, to start us off, we're going to talk about basketball getting into the swing of things. Uh, the season started out Tuesday night with the Thunder versus Warriors and the Celtics versus the 76ers. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of these games. Uh, I'm not a huge basketball fan, but I mean, I love all type of sports, so I I pay attention to this type of stuff. Um, now, the Warriors beat the Thunder by eight points, one hundred eight to one hundred, which I was I don't want to say shocked, but I was very very surprised and almost pleased with how the Thunder played against the Warriors, uh, being that they are the Super Team Warriors. Um, so I'm very pleased to see the uh, the Thunder being able to put up a fight like that against one of the best teams in basketball. Um, of course, we had Steph Curry leading the charge. Um, 11 for 20 in field goals, 32 points. Played very well, and then, you know, we had Paul George, of course, leading the uh, 
the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, 27 points, 9 for 23 on the field goals. Um, so it was a very fun game to watch if you watched it. Um, great to see the Thunder putting up a fight like that against the Warriors. Um, now, I'm not a Warrior hater uh, by any means, but it's good to see... It's good to see something close like that up against the Warriors that put up a fight like that. Um, and then the next game was the Celtics versus 76ers on Tuesday night. The Celtics came out on top 105-87. And I was shocked to see the score differential being almost 20 points. Um, it was 18-point differential. And um, I know the Celtics are good, but... 105 points on the 76ers was pretty impressive, and only holding them to 87 points was even more impressive um, on the Celtics side. Um, so I found that super interesting uh, on how just how well Boston played. I know I know Boston's a great team, and you know I have Boston and the Warriors. In, in the finals this year, and I expect Boston to beat the Warriors this year. Um, but, you know, it was just... The the 76ers are, are a good team. They're, they're no team to, you know, kick to the curb and pay a little attention to. They're, they're a good team. Um, they had Joel Embiid leading the charge, 23 points. 9 for 21 field goals. Um, Jason Tatum led Boston with 23 points. 9 for 17 uh, on field goals, which was, I don't want to say surprising, but because Jason Tatum is a very, very good player, I was more surprised at, you know, how few points Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving scored in this game, um, especially Gordon Hayward being at his his. I don't want to say homecoming game, but, you know, his, his debut for the Celtics since he didn't get to play uh, last year in the regular season uh, due to his, his leg injury. So, I mean, it was great to see him out on the court. Uh, he put up 10 points, which is nothing to, you know, shake your finger at. Um, but Irving put up seven. Uh, I thought he could have done more. Um, he's... Seven assists, so, you know, point guard, doing point guard things. Dishing the ball out, you know, making plays, which is which is what he's there for. But he's also there to score. So I was a little, a little surprised on uh, only seven points from Irving and only ten from Gordon Hayward. But that's just me. Uh, anyways, we have games going on tonight. We have the Bulls versus the 76ers. And we have the Heat versus the Wizards. Uh, so tonight, I have the 76ers coming out on top against the Bulls. Just because Joel Embiid, I, I just think he is a great player. And is going to continue to develop. Um, he's got a bit of a, bit of a loud mouth, but hey... You know, it, it gives him the attention that, that he deserves. Um, and, I mean, he led against he – he put up 23 points against the Celtics. So um, I feel as though he 
will put up a tw- I'd say he'd match that. He he's at least going to match 23. I'd like to think against the Bulls. Of course, that that goes without um injury or you know, minutes played, stuff like that. I think I think Joel Embiid has a good game tonight. And uh Heat versus Wizards. Now, this isn't, you know, one of those wow wow games. Um, it's, it's the Heat versus the Washington Wizards, of course. Uh, now Washington's a good team, don't get me wrong. Um, I just don't, this just doesn't, you know, hit me as hard as, um, another game we have tonight as well. I forgot to mention this one. I don't know how I I forgot to mention this one. This is LeBron James' debut with the, with the L.A. Lakers. Now, I am um, very excited. We'll get into that a little bit later. Let me finish up with the Heat versus Wizards matchup tonight. But um, it just... The, the Heat versus the Washington Wizards. It's... I mean, it's on at 8 p.m. Same time as the Bulls and 76ers game, so... If I was to watch anything, it'd probably be the Bulls 76ers. Don't get me wrong, I'll be channel flipping, looking around. Um, but I just I just don't see the Heat matching up against the Wizards. This is going to be, I think it's going to be a very one-sided game tonight. And uh, the Wizards will definitely come out on top. Um, so definitely keep an eye out. For that game, um, just hop around, maybe channel flip. Don't forget about we got baseball coming on later tonight as well. So don't uh, don't spend too much time watching those basketball games. It's postseason, baby. So 8.09 p.m., we got baseball on tonight. Uh, same time as basketball. But um, definitely definitely flip around and watch, watch some different games. Um, and then we have the Lakers and Trailblazers on tonight. And I, I would like to think, I would like to think that LeBron makes it happen today against the Trailblazers. I would like to think LeBron James is the deciding factor in tonight's game, um, I mean, LeBron James just substantially makes the Lakers better uh, in every shape and form, every aspect of the game. And uh, I feel like the players will feed off of his energy and just his playing style. Um, So I feel like the Lakers, although they aren't favorited in tonight's matchup, I feel as though they will come out on top. Uh, against the Trailblazers, just because, don't get me wrong, Trailblazers are, you know, a, a above average team. I just, it's LeBron James people, you know. It's just hard for me to go against the best player in the world, uh, one of the best players in the world, um, if not the best player in the world. Also one of the best players of all time, LeBron James. 
So uh, I know he loses games. He's not he's not a superhero. Uh, some people like to think he is. You know, he has his fair share of losses, but the Lakers are a young, talented team. They got Kuzma. I'm not a Lonzo Ball fan, but Lonzo can play. Uh, they got Rondo now. They're gonna they're gonna be able to uh, feed off of as at point guard. You know, just Lance Stevenson's gonna be there. Um, just just a lot of veteran presence helping these young kids develop, which I think is great. And I think that's that's what's gonna be the deciding factor in tonight's game is gonna be the the young talent combined with the veterans. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that game, especially the uh, the Lakers and Trailblazers game. Um, and I'd, I, it's going to be a close game. That's all I have to say. Close game, but I think Lakers edge it out. Um, three to five point differential. I'm not going to give exact numbers just because basketball is such a wide, wide range of points you could put up 120 or you could put up 80 you never know so um i think the lakers will edge it out by three to five points um and then Kawhi leonard demar derozan and carmel anthony are going to be our next pieces we're going to talk about here all right so Kawhi leonard let's see what we got about Kawhi. um I think Kawhi is a very good defensive player. Uh, of course, that's what he's known for, is his defense. Um, I'd like to think he's one of the premier players in the game. Um, and, I mean, he's also been scoring uh, for the Raptors. Um, so, I mean, he put up 24 points in the Raptors' victory when they beat the Cavaliers. Um, which, I mean, it's, it's the Cavaliers. Um, I, I, as much as I hate to say it, it's, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, they are, they are not as good as they used to be last season with LeBron James. Um, and I think it was a good transition um, for LeBron to move on from the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, Cleveland has some decisions to make on what they will do for their future because no offense, but the team that they're playing with now is not a championship team. Um, and don't get me wrong, my, my, uh, my Atlanta Hawks aren't any better. Uh, they're, in fact... Very, very much, much so worse than uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. But you know, it's it's something that that they'll have to look at and see what they're gonna do. I think I think they're gonna go into rebuilding. Um, that's my opinion. I think it's you need to get rid of um, Kevin Love, uh, J.R. Smith for you know whatever he's worth. Um, I just think, I mean, they, they got, they got Sexton now at point guard, um, which is, which is a good, a, it was a good, it was a good draft pick for the Cavaliers, but uh, I feel like it's going to take a lot more than that. And they're gonna, they're going to want to use Sexton as 
you know, maybe the cornerstone piece for the team in the future, um, you know, and kind of build around him. But, uh, yeah, Kawhi just, you know, the highlights were, I don't want to say it was all Kawhi because it wasn't, but he was definitely the center of attention of that that game. Um, So I was super impressed with the 24 points and the 12 rebounds. Um, And then, I mean, Kyle Kyle Lowry scored 27 points, which is, you know, just Kyle... Kyle Lowry doing Kyle Lowry things. Um, so I think together they are, they will be a very good team this season, um, you know, working together. So, yeah, that's, uh, that is my outlook on Kawhi Leonard. Um, we're going to transition into DeMar DeRozan now. Um DeRozan is interesting. I uh, I like DeMar DeRozan. I like him as a person. I like him as a player. He's very quiet, and he, he... It's... I look at him, and then I look at Joel Embiid, and I think to myself, who would I rather have... Um, as a player, you know, even though they're not, you know, they're not the same, the same position, but, um, I just, I feel like the, I, I use them as a comparison because I feel like they are players who are, are close in skill level is, is what I want to, is what I want to say. Joel Embiid and DeMar DeRozan, I believe are close in skill level. Not the same position, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. I look at the person that Joel Embiid is, and I look at the person that DeMar DeRozan is, and I would much rather prefer to have DeMar DeRozan on my team leading the charge than someone like Joel Embiid, who's a loudmouth. I mean, he gets a lot of attention, but it's not necessarily all good attention. So um, DeMar DeRozan's going to be... Uh, carrying his his team now with the Spurs. They're not going to be great this year. They're not going to win a championship by any means. Um, but you know it's it's something that you gotta you gotta pay attention to because that was that was the big big trade of uh, of the off season. Um, was the the DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard deal, and uh, I think. He, uh, he. I mean, he led the Spurs to a win against the Timberwolves. Um, but I just don't think. I think it's a very, it's a very tough position to be in. Um, being on a team, and knowing you're good, but you're just not good enough. You know, yeah. I mean, he's. I want to say he's carrying his team, but 28 points. Um, it's it's it's. He's a premier player. He's definitely a premier player, and uh, best player the San Antonio Spurs have. So it's a little tough. It's a little tough um, when all that is on Demar Derozan being the best player on his team, 
Um, I know he's a premier player, but you need to be you need you need to be able to pair yourself pair yourself up. Um, so there's that. Um, and then Carmelo Anthony. Now this man, I am. I'm very interested to see what the Rockets will do with Carmelo Anthony's position with the Rockets. I'm very interested to see what the team will do. Um, I think they're a great team. I think Houston could could be in uh, in the NBA Finals this year. It, it's 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 not. It's not a long shot. Um, it's it's definitely a possibility, but uh, I just think the Celtics and Warriors are the two best teams in basketball, and it's hard to beat them. Um, so, but anyway, Houston Rockets, uh, Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench um, is is very interesting. Uh, I have all along thought with the talent that the Houston Rockets have, Carmelo Anthony is going to come off the bench. I never once thought Carmelo Anthony was going to start for the Houston Rockets. Um, which, I mean, he's he, he's not the player he used to be, um, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I mean... They Rockets got straight up beat by the Pelicans, one thirty one, one twelve. I mean, it's it was hard to watch um, because I thought the Rockets were going to be a very very good team, which I mean they still can be. It's it's the first it's the first game of the season for them, uh, but against the Pelicans, it was just. Oh, it was a little. It was interesting. It was very interesting to see. Um, now, of course, the Pelicans have Anthony Davis, and he put up thirty-two points, um, which was amazing. Um, but I mean, that's that's the type of player he is. He's he's an amazing player, but I just felt the Rockets are more well-rounded. Um, you know, Anthony came off the bench, I mean, with with nine points. But even though he came off the bench, he was still, you know, one of the leaders in, in minutes. Um, he played 27 minutes. He was three for ten, one for five on three-pointers. Um, so I just, I don't know, I think it's, it's fitting for him to come off the bench. Um, and the Rockets have a very, very well-rounded team. Um, and, you know, when you got people like P.J. Tucker and Quinn Capella, Chris Paul, James Harden, it's it's tough to find a spot for Camaro and Anthony. And uh, I feel like it was, it was the best choice for the Rockets to bring him off the bench and use him as a reserve player. Um, 
but that's just me. So, so yeah, those are the three three key players I'd like to talk or, or I I like to talk about, um, especially because they were they were big talks this uh, this off season for the NBA. Kawhi Leonard, Demar Derozan, and uh, Carmelo Anthony. So there's that. All right. So next we have NFL football tonight. Thursday night football: Broncos versus Cardinals. Um. I think this is going to be a close game. You have the Cardinals' disappointing offense. And I say disappointing because it's it's hard to watch. It really is. Um, I mean, they're 1-5. They don't have anything going for them. Um, I, I feel like it's... I don't, I don't want to say it's time to you know throw in the towel because... I mean, even if they win out, are they? It, it's just, it's just tough. It's tough to see them one and five start the season off one and five, and make the playoffs. So that that certainly isn't going to happen. Um, so with that mentality that the Cardinals have, um, I think it's going to be tough for them to pull out a win tonight. Uh, it'll be a close game. Don't don't get me wrong, but the the Cardinals' disappointing offense versus the Broncos' subpar defense is um, that'll be a battle right there because um, I mean the Broncos' defense just isn't 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 the same as it used to be, um, and I just feel like the Cardinals' offense is slightly. Slightly worse than the Broncos' defense, and I feel like the Broncos' above-average offense uh, with Case Keenum. I mean, and one of the guys I live by, I, I stand by this. Emmanuel Sanders is the best receiver on that team. Um, I think. I mean, Case Keenum and Emmanuel Sanders together is uh, is it's fun to watch. Um, I'm a big believer in Emmanuel Sanders, and I think that he is the man on that team. Um, but you know, other people, other people see it differently. Um, but Emmanuel Sanders is a great, a great number two receiver on their team, and I think him and Case Keenum will have a big game tonight. Um, even though the Cardinals have a, a, a fairly, fairly good defense, I've, uh, I mean, these Broncos are nothing, nothing to turn your head at. They're, uh, if anything, you know, watch tonight's game and I'm, I'm telling you, it'll be close. Um, and I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but, uh. You know that's that's my opinion. I think it's going to be a close game tonight, and I mean that's that's all I have to say on that. Just just you'll have to watch and see, um, and uh, we'll see how that uh, how that game shakes out. Um, so that's all I had on football. Not a lot of big news for that. Um, I mean, I'm pleased. I'm pleased to see the Cleveland Browns two, three, and one. They're, uh, uh, 
I expected them to be right around that area. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely glad to see Baker Mayfield in the uh, in the quarterback position. It was just it was just so hard to watch uh, before before they decided to you know bring Baker into the uh, into the starting role uh, as quarterback. Um, I mean, Tyrod Taylor was atrocious. Um, and I think, I think they're really feeding off of Baker Mayfield's energy. Um, I mean, kid is, kid's a loud mouth. Um, certainly needs to be developed as an NFL player. He attracts the wrong type of attention, but... I think Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback, um, and he's what and he is what the Browns need right now. And um, I was when when they drafted him, I was deathly afraid for the Browns, um, but they're th- somehow, some way, the Browns finally after drafting who knows how many quarterbacks in a row, uh, finally get something good with uh, Baker Mayfield. So um, it's really good to see the Browns. I think, I think everyone's rooting for the Browns. Um, they're, not, they're not out of it, but they're certainly not in it uh, for the, uh, to make it to the playoffs. Uh, we might see them, but my bet is it will be a no. In the playoffs, so there's that. That's that's the other main topic was the Browns for uh, the NFL, and uh, and now for what I have been waiting for to talk about for who knows how long is the postseason baseball that we saw last night and a couple nights before. Um. Let's let's start with the NLCS. So I want to save I want to save some stuff for a little bit later. Um, but let's start with the NLCS um, game five. Uh, we had Kershaw on the mound for the Dodgers, and Wade Miley on the mound for five pitches as the starting pitcher. Um. That was interesting to see. Uh, you know, it, it was smart. I, I, I like the move. I, I like the move by Craig Council to, you know, start Miley. You know, I say start in air quotes because he pitched, he, he, walked, he walked the first batter and got pulled. Um, but that was their plan all along. I think that was smart. I think that was very smart on Craig Council's part because the Dodgers had set their lineup for, and they went into that game thinking that they were going to be playing against Wade Miley. And five pitches later, they're they're seeing Woodruff come into the game. And I mean, he pitched he pitched great. 
Um, it's just that Dodgers that Dodgers offense is uh, is hard to beat sometimes. And um, I mean, it was it was certainly an interesting game. Um, now I. I'm not I'm not a Dodgers guy if I'm going to be if I'm going to be real with you guys. I am not a LA Dodgers fan. Um maybe it's because, you know, they're always beating my Atlanta Braves in the in the NLDS or you know, I don't know what it is, but I'm just not a Dodgers guy. I uh I'm impressed by their talent. I like what I see. Um now with Machado that's something different. I don't like what I see with Manny Machado, but we'll get into that a little bit later. I like the Milwaukee Brewers though. I like I mean their their pitching is not quite there yet. Um but next year if they make some moves this offseason, I I don't know what's going to stop them from winning a World Series. Um, I mean, I love their outfield with Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich out there. That's, I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that. I'm a big Lorenzo Cain guy. Um, ever since he started in the system with the Royals, been following that guy. Um Great story, great guy, just an amazing player, uh, fun to watch, um, just leaves it all out there on the field. Um, and I mean, NL MVP Christian Yelich, I mean, there's that's that's all I should have to say on him is National League MVP. Um, I think the series, the LA Dodgers are winning. The series three to two, and um, I I think the Brewers pull it out. I my prediction is the Brewers and the Red Sox in the World Series. I've been saying this since the the halfway point of the season. Um, it's going to be the Brewers and the Red Sox. Um, now I know you know this is the first time I'm I'm publicly saying this, so you guys might be a little skeptical since the uh the Red Sox are up three to one on the uh on the Astros, but I've been saying it for a long time. It's gonna be the Red Sox and the Brewers in the World Series and it was either gonna be the Brewers or the Dodgers and look where we are now. And the the Brewers I think the Brewers pulled this one out. Um and they will play the Red Sox in the World Series and the Red Sox will win the World Series. Um, even if the Red Sox don't make it into the World Series, I mean, they're leading the Series 3-1. to one. An American League team will win the World Series this year. National League is... Any, any National League team you look at, you, you look at the two best teams in baseball, and they're the, they're the Boston Red Sox and, that, and the Houston Astros. It's it's really tough to go against the two best teams in baseball. Um, 
for a World Series title. It's really tough to pick the Brewers. I mean, it can be done, but I just don't think the pitching staff's there for the Brewers. I think, I mean, the Astros have an amazing pitching staff. I mean, Dallas Keuchel, Lance McCullers, you got Verlander, uh, you got Garrett Cole in there now. Um, and I just think it's it's a great pitching staff if they make it to the World Series. The Brewers won't be able to do much with that pitching staff, and as well as the Red Sox pitching staff. It's not quite as good as the Astros, but I do think the uh, Red Sox, like I said, the Red Sox will be in the World Series, and Chris Sale, I mean, you got, let's see, you got Chris Sale, um, David Price, I mean, Price has not put up great numbers um, in the postseason, but I still feel like he is a premier pitcher in baseball. Um, and it's it's tough. It's tough to root against these Red Sox because they're just so good. I mean, if you're a Yankees fan, you got a bunch of reasons to root against the uh, the Red Sox, but... I mean, there's just such a fun team to watch. I love seeing Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is American League MVP all the way. Um, I mean, J.D. Martinez is out there. 43 home runs on the season. Hitting 330. I mean, it's... It's tough. It's it's so tough to not pick the Boston Red Sox to win the World Series. Um But, yeah, it's so, I mean, NLCS, you know, like I said, Brewers edge out the uh, the Dodgers, even though they're down 3-2. to two. I think they come back and they win the next two games. Um, and, I mean, we'll see how Wade Miley actually pitches in uh, Game 6 as he has been announced as the um, the starting pitcher. I mean, of course, they could pull another another switcheroo like they did in the in the first inning last game. But we'll see. I think the Dodgers pitching staff is good. Um but Brewers offense, it's it's tough to beat their offense as well. So, I I think the uh the uh the Dodgers will get beat. Um anyways, um let's let's move on to Manny Machado. I I do not like Manny Machado's attitude. I think he pitched a fit in Baltimore and demanded to be moved um, on a losing team, which is not a which is not something you like to see from a player, especially a leader like like Manny Machado is. Um, demanded to be moved from third base to shortstop to make to make an extra five million dollars on average or something like that. Um, he's doing it for the money, guys. And if you don't see that, it's I mean it's it's there. Shortstops on average make a little bit more than uh, 
the third baseman do. So, and in my opinion, his motives were for money. Um, and he pitched a fit over in Baltimore. And uh, I wouldn't say Manny Machado is, quote, unquote, dirty player. Um, but the, because he, I think what he did kicking Jesus Aguilar in the leg at first base was Bush League. Um, he knew what he was doing. You could see him drag his left foot. Uh, it's a routine play. No need, no need to see that. Um, but he did it. And I don't want to call him a dirty player, but um, it's if he keeps it up, he will be he will be looked at as a dirty player. He will be looked at as um, somebody who who shouldn't be a leader on a baseball team um, because of the actions that he has been taking. Um, I mean, he when he was with the the Orioles, he th- he flung his bat down the third baseline um which was ridiculous and like I said Bush League uh it's Bush League that's what it is but uh I just don't think he can be classified as a dirty player um I think he's getting there and if he keeps it up that's where that's exactly what it would be categorized as but um I mean, Yelich is defending his teammate when he calls him a dirty player, overall dirty player. I don't blame Christian Yelich for saying that. But I don't think he can be classified straight up as a dirty player. Uh, He's not there yet. One or two more instances within the next year or two, and I think think he'll he'll be in that category as a dirty player, but I don't think he's quite there yet. Oh, anyways, let's get into some American League stuff now. We're going to look at the American League matchup last night with the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros. That was a game filled with just everything you'd like to see in a baseball game. I mean, the defense was there, the offense was there, the the freak factor with the whole fan interference thing was there. Um, definitely, definitely, if you watch that game, it was definitely a fun game for you to watch. Um, I mean, the home runs, the, the defensive plays um, was just... Very fun to watch. Um, Red Sox came out on top, eight to six, um, which I was a little surprised that they came back. I don't. I mean, it, it was a little bit of a shock to me seeing the uh, the Red Sox make the moves that they did um, in last night's game. Um, I mean, they they got a lot of heart in that team. So I say it's surprising, but at the same time, it's it's you know it's the Red Sox we've been seeing all season long. Um, so I think you know it's 
just it's it's regular Boston Red Sox play. I mean, one play. I know there's there's a lot. You know the the we're going to talk about some defense here um, right now, and and everybody paid attention to the Ben Attendee diving catch in the outfield that saved the game. It's like a twenty one percent catch probability, which was unbelievable. Um, I mean, great catch. Um, Save the game, no doubt. But a play that I thought got overlooked a little bit was the Mookie Betts laser of a throw to throw out the speedster Tony Kemp at second base. Um, I mean, Tony Kemp is one fast guy. And seeing him... I thought that was a double all the way. I thought it was a double all the way from Tony Kemp. Um, I knew he was going to stretch it. I think a lot of people knew he was going to stretch it, and I think a lot of people were going to, or were expecting him to be safe. But Betts, amazing turnaround, immediate throw. I mean, if you haven't seen it, go watch the play. Um, heck of an outfielder. NL, or a, AL MVP, without a doubt, in my mind, defensively, offensively, um, the center of the Boston Red Sox. Um, I mean, just unbelievable player. That play is just defines Mookie Betts as a player. Um, so it was super cool to see that play. I mean, we had a bunch of defensive plays in that game. We had the the Josh Reddick diving catch. You know, like I said, the Benatendi diving catch. We had Alex Bregman make a nice make a nice diving stop over third base. Um, for both teams, they're both a very very good defensive, very good defensive teams. Um, and then you know we had that. Uh, in my opinion, without a doubt, Mookie Betts would have caught that that uh, interference call. Um, without a doubt. He would have had that catch. Uh, just the player that he is, I I believe there wasn't a second in my mind that I didn't think Mookie Betts was going to be able to track that ball down, which he did. Um, and a lot of people are saying it's it's you know his his glove is in the stands. I mean, if you look at it, I don't think it is. He is substantially far away from the wall. Uh, his he reaches his arm back. You know he's two. He's a couple feet away from the wall, and he just puts his arm up, reaches back a little bit, and I mean, he gets interfered with by fan. And the rule is, you know, if if a player reaches into the stands, um, it is not fan interference. But I believe that this ball, the fan is sitting first row. We have fans leaning over. The wall. Um, I think it's if it's not if the ball isn't the ball definitely would have gone over the wall. Definitely home run saving. Um, but when Betts made contact with the fan, it was if if it wasn't over the wall. Um, in in fair play, if it wasn't in in the field of play, it was straight up 
on that wall, which I feel like the fans should not reach that point. And of course, it's hard not to. I would have reached for that ball, a home run ball in the first row. Of course, you know, I'm going to be that fan. Um, but that interference call was the best call. I think Joe West made a very nice, um, very nice call on that. He's taken a lot of heat for it. Um, but I think that's just plain and simple, plain and simple call. Got the call right. They, they reviewed it. Um, you know, this, this play can be resolved in the future, but it made, it made the game interesting, uh, would have changed the game a lot. Momentum shifts, um, would have gone on, but, you know, um, I think Mookie Betts would have had it anyways. So, that's my opinion. Mookie Betts would have had it regardless. Um, so, let's see. We're going to talk about another Red Sox outfielder that is making some noise. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Always love this guy. Great player. Um... But this guy's looking like looking like ALCS MVP right now. Grand slam, two-run home run last night. I mean, I don't know. You can't ask for much more from that guy. I mean, he is offensively just straight up leading the, the Red Sox offensively. Um, which is super cool to see him taking on that role because... In the regular season, he just wasn't that guy for them. Um, but he is absolutely just tearing it up. Um, definitely my ALCS MVP if the Red Sox, you know, win the win the ALCS um, and head on to the World Series. He is my ALCS MVP. If somehow Houston pulls it off, I I don't know. I don't know who would be my who would be my ALCS MVP. You know, there's always the the Altuve, you know, Bregman. Um I mean, I don't know. Would it be a pitcher maybe, you know? I mean, Red Sox have been been putting up a lot of runs. Um I mean, last 3 games they put up 7, 8 and 8. So, I mean, maybe maybe the game one, maybe game one for for um, uh, Garrett Cole. I mean, he he held him to two runs. So, it could could be their MVP, but I feel like it'll be a position player. Um, Wait, was that? I think I got that wrong. I think it was Verlander. Verlander. Sorry, my bad. It wasn't Garrett Cole. It was Verlander pitching game one. Um, I don't know why Garrett Cole popped into my head. It was not Garrett Cole. It was Justin Verlander. I apologize. Um, yeah, I'm looking back at this now, and I... Wow. Okay, yeah. I should have known that. Um 
Yeah, but Verlander, heck of a game in game one. Um, really pitched great. Um, and I, I, will, I mean, he only played one game, you know. He's, he's only played one game. Um, so it's, it, it'll be position player. I don't know who it'll be. It'll be, it'll be tough to decide, but I mean, I'm sure somebody's going to make the decision. It just won't be me. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, uh, I'll stay out of that argument. Um, and then another thing that, uh, the Houston Astros are drawing attention toward, um, or they're, they're getting attention from Justin Verlander, who I just talked about in game one. Um, Verlander has come up with the brilliant idea of using a headset and communicating with the manager in the dugout, so stealing of signs will become less and less frequent in baseball. Um... Now, I think it's a great idea. You know, it'll speed up pace of play, uh, less mound visits, just stuff like that. Keeping, um, keeping the game moving. But I don't know. I don't. I mean, they're they're changing baseball a lot, and it's it's tough for me as a baseball fan to watch them make these make these crazy changes to the game. Um, I mean, they've already limited mound visits to six, and now they want to basically take them away almost, um, you know, and just communicate through a microphone. It just takes that human, human out of it. Um, I like, I like seeing the, the pitching coach and manager go out there and, and talk their, uh, talk the pitcher down. Um, it just. I don't know. I feel like that human interaction with that pitcher out on the mound um, in tough situations um, will help. I I just think it helps the pitcher overall calm down, having that face-to-face interaction with a pitching coach, calming him down, um, and having that mound visit um, other than talking to him through a microphone in the dugout. I understand the whole sign thing, you know, communicating through signs. I think that uh, through through the microphone communicating signs is is a good idea. Um, I don't know. I I just feel like where would he put you know the microphone? Like where I I just don't know the the earpiece. It's just it's confusing for me. I mean, if they if they mapped out a plan and they're like this, is how we're gonna do it. I'd like to see that, but of course this is just Verlander's idea right now. It's nothing set in stone. Um, they're just talking, just just Verlander talking and uh, coming up with some new ideas. So we'll see if anything comes out of it. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. That's my uh, very first podcast. Um, I'm sorry if I sounded shaky or nervous or you know just didn't have all my facts there. This is my first time, you know, I'm trying to get into the groove. Um, 
So I promise it will only get better from here. If you liked it, that's awesome because I will be only getting better at it. Um, so I appreciate you listeners um, and listening to my very first podcast. And I appreciate the support from you guys. So uh, thanks, guys. Uh, Bobby signing off, RJA Sports Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at RJA Sports Podcast. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks, guys, for listening.